I'm milling about with my esteemed colleague, fellow broadcast radio journalist extraordinaire, Mike Sargent, who directed this film from the shadows. Hey, Mike, so good to hey. see you. Good to see you. Wow. The first time I'm on your show. So I'm very excited. So. All right, let's tell the folks how we know each other, how far back we go. Let's be completely honest here. Well, we go back to the earliest, early 21st century because I started doing, I took over for as the film critic for WBAI after Paul Wonder passed. That's and that was funny. like around 2001. So it's been 22 years that we've been doing radio and covered a lot of junkets, did a lot of press conferences, went to a lot of parties, premieres. I know. You know. And here we are. Wow. I know, I know. I know. It's hard to believe. Like, so, and I've never been milling about before. So, so talk about the inspiration for this. Tell me sort of how it all began. Well, okay. Here's how it began. Um, I, um, well, people, I have separate lives. Let me just say that I, I'm a film critic, but I'm also a filmmaker. I have podcasts, I have radio shows, I, you know, I'm a graphic designer, so I have, I have a few lives. But uh, in one of my lives, I'm a film instructor, you know, and when COVID hit in 2020, uh, a friend of mine, Ian Holt, uh, reached out to me towards the end of the year, and he knew that I had been teaching this film course that when the pandemic hit, I instantly switched over to doing it. I actually had to convince uh, the people who were in charge of, you know, the, the organization I was doing the course for that I could do it online. This is before the whole world had switched to Zoom. Was and so we did the it. Museum of the Moving Image? Museum of the Moving Image, correct. Okay. And uh, so we did it virtually. Had 60 students. I arranged it. So it was just like the class was before. Everybody gets divided into teams. And, and there's a director, there's a writer, there's a script supervisor. And we did it all virtually. And we even had two sets going at the same time. We had some people filming on the street. Da, da, da. So pulled it all off, made the short film. And my friend was impressed with this. And, you know, we were talking that summer. By the fall, he reached out to me because a movie had come out during the pandemic called Host. It was essentially a horror film uh, about a seance done on a Zoom call. And, of course, it goes awry. And the whole thing is like 50 minutes, like a Zoom call. And it was actually pretty good. And it did very well. And Ian said, hey, you know, he had projects he was working on, but they're all on hold now. And he'd love to do a Zoom slasher film. Would I be interested in directing? Because at that time, he thought he was going to have to direct it, you know, virtually. And, and nobody else had experience doing that. So I said, sure. And for me, I'm not a I'm not so much a horror fan uh, as I am, you know, just a good movie. And I'm much more interested in like H.P. Lovecraft, you know, than let's say a slasher film. Uh, so a lot of those elements kind of came into it. So it's more, you know. There's a there's a psychological element to it. There's a you know there there are a lot of elements in there. Hopefully you you caught all of that. But that's how it came to be. And then eventually by you know it was almost a year later we finally filmed. And that's that's kind of how it started. So. It's interesting you say that you're not a fan of the horror genre because I hate the horror genre, especially when they slash. And all that disgustingness. But that being said, this movie was so much fun because you're using screens. You're using an iPhone, I believe, at certain times. 
it's very now and and I was so impressed with the special effects and and also you got tremendous talent Mike I know I know we were very lucky uh you know first of all a shout out to the effects that's Ryan Kelly he was our editor and he was also our effects supervisor but yeah it, getting somebody like Keith David and Bruce Davison it, I you, know. You really have no idea. They're both like icons for me. You know, uh, I literally used to do sound bites of Bruce Davison in the beginning of my radio show for like 15 years. Really? Okay. Yes. He did a movie called The Lathe of Heaven that I saw when I was like a teenager and ever since then been a fan. I mean, of course, I love Willard, but Lathe of uh, Heaven was the movie for me. So I followed his career ever since then. Does he know this? Did you tell him? I did tell him. Well, what? not only did I tell him, but, and he didn't even remember when we started filming, uh, I had had him on my radio show maybe like 10 years earlier, which was like a big deal, you know? So, but it was, you know, it was on the phone. So we never actually met face to face. So I did remind him and he was like, yeah, I kind of remember doing this weird late night radio show. And so, so yeah, it, it was, it. it was like a dream come true for me to, to work with, you know, literally, these are great actors. Yeah, yeah. And also, I don't want to give too much away, but what a great makeup job on Keith David. <laughs> All right. I, again, I'll give a shout out to Vince Gaustini. And uh, I'll tell you how that came about, because, you know, the whole idea is of the film is that, you know, these these two scientists essentially tap into something and it changes them both uh, in not such good ways. And I wanted the the Keith David character to have kind of been pulled literally into this, this force and it was pulling at him and it's actually distorting him. And every time he passes from one dimension to the other, he's getting more and more distorted. But I didn't want it to get like crazy. So I did research for actual people who are actually deformed you know, real deformities, ge actual genetic deformities. And I found like, this is exactly what I want, you know, like something that could be real. And I sent it to Vince and then he, uh, he created some artwork. Uh, I, well, actually I could have even shown it to you. He created some artwork based on that and we were good to go. I mean, he did a great job, but Vince is a veteran too. He's, he's done a lot of great films. The other thing I didn't know about you, as long as I've known you, is that you were a storyboard illustrator. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Talk about past lives. I've had a lot of lives. Well, I used to do. OK, I, I uh, my background before I was ever doing radio is in art. I went to high school of art and design. I went to Parsons School of Design. So I was an illustrator. So but I always loved film. And so some of the earliest you know, work I got to do in film was doing storyboards. So I've done storyboards for a few films and, and uh, even a horror film, cult horror film. I, I did uh, so a few, few horror films I did. And, um, and then a couple of, I did, uh, do you know, Frank Reyes, he did a film called empire. And yes. Uh, so I did storyboards for his last two films. And then, um, and then I became friends with John Leguizamo. So I did some storyboards for him for some commercials he did. So it's something I enjoy. I don't draw like I used to, but yeah. Mm. What's it like being friends with John Leguizamo? He's a character. He's a character, <laughs> but, 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 you know, he's a character, he's a character, but he's, he's a lot like you expect him to be. He's, he's not any different than like when you see him in interviews, that's him. He's not 
he's not putting on anything. So. I love it because the two of us have met probably every celebrity under the sun and exactly. people put them on such pedestals. And I think COVID was such an equalizer, Absolutely. right? It just sort of brought everybody down to the same level. It wasn't like, this is a celebrity and I'm a journalist, you know? No, I, I agree. And it also made people a lot more accessible too. I think during COVID people like, cause you could just sit at home and do your interview and, you know, you didn't have to worry about riffraff, you know? So yeah, I, I, I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. It did. Yeah. And of course, when you're, when you're using in your film, when you're using the screens, that must've harkened back to those times for you in a way. Well, it did. You know, the thing is what's interesting about, you know, the zoom uh, to me is that, uh, and, and I'm glad you said that it kind of, to me, it, I, I think it, it, it now it's not like a Zoom horror film so much. It's like a horror film that has a Zoom call in it. And but everybody can relate to Zoom now. You know, everybody, even if you don't even if you don't like Zoom, everybody's done Zoom. Everybody's done some version of Zoom, you know, uh, or Google Chat or, you know, there's so many of them now. Uh, so I think that's a kind of a common way for people to, you know, it's like. Uh, you know, I remember during the pandemic, people would be like, hey, let's do a Zoom coffee. I'm like, a Zoom coffee? What? You know, so it's like people are more used to talking and actually looking at each other while they talk. So that changed things, I think. And so using that for me uh, as a device now, as opposed to just like the whole movie takes place there. I think it it also like like you said, it makes it more real. Everybody can relate to that. That's That's exactly what we do today. Like you may have uh even for what we do you know sometimes it's virtual sometimes it's not and it really depends and of course right now we're getting most of like the the crew virtually which is interesting but yeah you know, very very it, it's interesting but in a way i think it's kind of great because it's putting a spotlight on those people behind the scenes who normally wouldn't get any play you know, I mean, we live in an age now where you watch Netflix or or Disney Plus, like as the credits come up, they're already previewing the next thing and they're ready to swoop that. So you don't, you know, it's like credit don't mean anything. So I, I kind of like the idea that we're giving credit to those people who are in the credits that get skipped over now. You know what I mean? Yes. The below the liners, if you will. The below the liners. Exactly. So I love, I love talking to costume people. Yeah. Crafts people. Like you said, they just are not getting their due. Well, they never have. They're only now like, you know, they'll, you know, I, I got offered the uh, unit publicist from the original exorcist film. I'm like, okay. That would be a great interview. Yes. So yeah, you know, like now I'm fascinated. So these are, but again, these are things, these are perspectives on filmmaking we probably haven't heard before. So I like that. Mm. Um, I want to talk to you about some of the cameos. Uh, Dr. Dre is in this. Yes. How do you know Dr. Dre? All right. Well, first of all, Dr. Dre is in my first film too. Okay. So if you ever get a chance to see, I, I did a film called Personals, which actually yeah. got later retitled, hooked up. Dr. Dre's in that too. But actually, I know Dr. Dre through Ian. So both Dr. Dre, uh, Ed Lover's in there for a quick second. Uh, and, but Dr. Dre, you know, he's been very supportive, like for everything that I've done. So I have to definitely give a shout out to Dre as well to say, uh, yeah, getting Dr. Dre was fun. 
you know. And his music do. is in there, or, or did you want it in there? Well, we okay. You're talking about music. We got Alan Howarth, who is you know for horror fans, you know he did most of the Halloween films. He did the thing. He did you know they live. He did all the Carpenter things. So he's sort of a, a also like horror royalty. So and his approach, I mean, he actually did some of the the music like that theme you hear for Dr. Dre. That was that was Alan Howarth, you know, doing some hip hop, which was like, okay, to me, the score and the sound is just as much a part of what creates the atmosphere as any of the visuals you could possibly have. Absolutely. And and also you've got quite the background in sound and your voice is stunning to begin with of uh, uh, you know of course oh, well, you're on thank radio you. thank you robin <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you you have that background with sound well i do have the background with sound and so yeah sound design was definitely something that to me was always going to be an important element in the film you know the sound and what we hear you know and and, and even hearing the sound just before the scare you know, because of how we perceive things. So there are a lot of things that, uh, for me, sound-wise, when it came down to the editing, that, you know, made, you know, to me, it's a big part of what makes a horror movie a horror movie is the sound, you know, because you don't have to see so much, but if you hear the blood or you hear, you know, a, a shriek, you know, like like in Psycho, as it were, you know, those shrieking violins is more memorable than anything so yeah i think sound sound and music is it's a big part of you know I, I started out as a as a sound designer for theater that's what i used to do and i know i know there was in another life i used to do sound for theater so have you uh, been sneaking into the back of your theater i haven't yet i mean not yet i mean this is this is they, we only had one cast and crew screening and I, and I wasn't able to make that uh, and we're recording this on the 13th and the premiere is on the 19th. So I'll be there for that. And it opens up here in New York at the Angelico on the 22nd. So I, I'm definitely going to be there on the 22nd, but I'm sure I will sneak in a few times just to be like, if you see a guy in the back with dreads, that's probably me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. So also I want to know what's going on with your film, Bad Boys. I think you once approached me yes. back in the day. Yes, I did. Well, Bad Boys okay it, it's a documentary about why do women love bad boys uh and gender politics is a big you know it's a big interest of mine and in, in all my work there's there's an aspect of that in there but uh i had to pause that uh because i don't know if you remember about six years ago i had a tv show arise arise yes and when that happened that like took over my life and at the time, that's when I was working on it. And then I just kind of, I had to put it on hold. Uh, and so it's funny you ask, because now I'm just going back to it now. Like I've been getting some interest and in people want to know about it. And they're like, well, what happened? And so, yeah, I, I, I do intend to, because I have so many people in it uh, that, you know, names and and at least one or two people who have passed now. So Interesting. So, yeah. so you reached out to famous people as well uh, well okay you'll appreciate this what i would do i did reach out to famous people but what i would do was okay you only you would really appreciate this when i would do the junkets during that time okay and it was for tv i mastered the art of bonding with whoever i'm interviewing 
getting some great stuff out of them, and then asking them if I could ask them a question for my documentary and sign the release in 15 minutes. So, yes, that was, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. So, yeah, I have a lot of people. I have Terrence Howard's in there. Ice Cube is in there. I have so many people are in there. You'd be surprised. I have to look at the list now. But, yeah, I did. So you took that opportunity. I love it. I love it. Why wouldn't I? So I've got a lot of folks in there. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, there's another person that we both know very well who became a very successful director, our friend Rod Lurie. Oh, Rod Lurie, yes. Well, he's probably, yeah. He's uh, for film critics who became filmmakers. He's probably the biggest name. And there, there's, uh, there's a limited, there's only a handful. I like to say, yes, you know, Francois Truffaut and uh, Mike Sargent. And, uh, you know, I like to, you know, those are the people, film critics who became uh, filmmakers. Well, it's good for, you know, people watching this or listening this to know that there are other careers that they can sort of branch out into and that radio isn't necessarily dead. No. <laughs> well, you know, he, the interesting thing for me is in terms of my path is that I started out as a filmmaker. And then I became a film critic. And I will say that being a filmmaker and then becoming a film critic is like being undercover because then you're like, oh, these are the people who are judging my work. You know, it's a very, it's a very different, um, it, it gives you a very different perspective on the industry being on our side from being on the other side. It, it also, you know, I'm also, uh, I think I became a better interviewer too because I remember some awful interviews, people who were really unprepared interviewing me. And and you're like, yeah, I never want to be that person. You know what I mean? So, so yes, yeah, there are. I mean, if you love film, you, you should, you know, the best thing about being a film critic to me uh, as a filmmaker is I got to meet and interview all these great, like people like, I would not necessarily get a chance to sit down, you know, for a half hour, 45 minutes with, you know, Francis Ford Coppola or, or, you know, Steven Soderbergh or, or, you know, all these directors Spielberg that I've gotten to sit and talk about film with. So that was very, very, and, and I was always more interested in talking to the screenwriter or the director or the producer. So of Those course, are right. You want to pick their brain because, you know, Absolutely. you're Absolutely. next. <laughs> well, you know, yes, yes, because I'm next. So so that's what it was for me. For That's what that was really that's probably the best thing about being a film critic for me was actually getting that time. You know, as a matter of fact, I have a book I'm working on, too, from questions I asked. I was going to say, there's a book yes. probably in you. Yeah, there is. Well, you know, I could tell you, yeah, I, I have these three questions I used to ask everybody. And uh, those three questions, uh, I asked everybody. And I say everybody, I mean everybody. So the book will, it, and, and so it'll be storytellers on storytelling kind of thing. They all answer these same three questions. And... And uh, yeah. those questions are okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the question is: first question would be, when did you first know you wanted to be a filmmaker? Okay. Uh, second question is, in your opinion, what makes a good story and a story worth telling? Okay. And then the third question is, you know, since uh, stories and storytelling is existed in every culture 
from you know cave drawings on why do you think we as human beings need stories what's the point what's the purpose I got some great answers. Oh, I bet. And we're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got that's great answers. That's a wrap. <laughs> exactly. So, so yes, that's what I that that's the book essentially that. Very like cool. Very 20 cool. years of interviews, so. Excellent. So what else besides the book is next for you? I hope I get to see you at a screening sometime soon so I could get a hug. You got Oh, for sure you'll get a hugs. hug so good to see you thank you, you so much good luck with everything thank you thank you and well i listen and everybody who's watching please uh go see from the shadows and i'll also say if you don't get to see while it's in the theaters it'll be on voodoo after the 29th and it'll it's a good popcorn movie i think oh yeah yeah, yeah. lots of popcorn <laughs> Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.